0: Welcome back to the Science Fiction Film Podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean. I'm Matthew. And on this week's episode, we bring you Colossus, the Forbin Project from 1970, directed by Joseph Sargent. Man, do you think Dr. Forbin, at at one point in this movie, just thought to himself... I fucked up. We're not going to win. The president really thinks we're going to win, but we're not going to win. And I'm not sure what to do, but I definitely want to fuck Cleo Markham. So I'm going to figure <laughs> like, out a way. All is
1: lost, but <laughs> All is lost, but here's a plan.
0: We will pass and, and you know, that 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 hits the old unsuspecting whirlwind romance buttons of a woman, right? <laughs> it was the end of the world it felt like it was the end of the world and I've I've always admired him from afar but but oh I just you can't in the workplace and well you know and then now look at it and, and this opportunity we have here
1: everybody else is like, oh, what are we going to do? And he's just standing there, arms crossed, all serious. And they're like, wow, Forbin's definitely taking this seriously and thinking about what to do next. And he's like, I wonder if I can convince her to put on laundry. Mm. I wonder. wonder. Oh, no, yes, I'm definitely thinking about solutions to to, uh, this problem. (laughs) Yes.
0: It's funny that uh, he, he he has to convince the computer all these different things uh, in in a couple of hilarious scenes in this episode. uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about, but, but uh, Colossus the Forbidden project. So first things first, I thought it was called when when the request was sent to me I thought it was called Colossus the Forbidden project. <laughs> Change the doctor's it. name. I'm going to start right there. Forbin, it's too confusing. Forbin. Colossus the for It doesn't it sound like you want
1: to be the Forbidden project? A little bit. And also, I mean, it's just too long. Call it Colossus. It should just be called Colossus. That's a strong title. Colossus the Forbin Project makes it sound like it's the fucking sticky note on a manila folder somewhere. Yeah. But um, I I
0: clearly had not seen this movie before. I had no idea what to expect. I knew it was a sci-fi thriller. I knew it was a reasonable runtime. I knew it came out in 1970. And uh, truth be told, I wasn't really looking forward to it. I sat down and I was like, ah, I don't want to really do this. Jose Jones paid us to do this, right? Isn't that who did this one? Indeed. And, uh, I thought, well, I guess I'll sit down and watch this. I had a day, Matthew. <laughs> my, uh, I got up this morning and I, I broke my fast and then oh, I went man. to the gym and, 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 uh, and had a good sesh. And then, <laughs> um, I came home, I cleaned up and, uh, I had my nephew come over and, uh, we beat Resident Evil Two, the remake. Um, oh, nice! He's been coming over like a couple times. Like you know, it's summertime, so he comes over every week, and like we play for a. Co- he plays, and I just like you know chat with him and stuff, and <laughs> coach him. <laughs> yeah, he's in seventh grade now. He's a good shit. I love the kid, and he's uh, he wants to make a computer. He came downstairs and saw the com- the computer as uh, as mostly uh, donated in parts by Ed Foster. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And, um and uh yeah, he was like, oh, I want to build one. I was like, well, I built this one and I destroyed the original motherboard like an idiot so I can show you how not to do that. Long story short, um, I had a bunch of shit I did today, a bunch of stuff I had to do. And, um, and then I, uh, and then I was like, fuck, I got to watch this movie. And that's about the time I was like, I'm kind of sleepy because it's 100 degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh I was like, ah, fuck, so, took a 20 minute (laughs) siesta, put it on and, uh, watch it down here in the basement. Uh, VLC player recently patched, had to buy the DVD, Uh no streaming anywhere. Couldn't find it. And I didn't want to fuck with the shit suck quality like extreme prejudice had. And, um, (laughs) and I watched it. And the first thing I'll say it's an hour and 40 minute runtime and it moves fairly quickly I felt like it it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome. It didn't feel unnecessarily long. And um, I think it's a pretty solid flick.
1: Yeah. uh, Honestly, I'm pretty much in the same spot with this. I was... I, the only thing I watched or looked up going into this was I looked up that it yes it was based on a book and there's actually a trilogy of books there are two sequels in the novels um to this which I which get a lot crazier I think it'd be fun to talk about at the end mm. um and then I watched the trailer like the original 1970 trailer for this and I was like boohoo boy that's some 70s as fuck sci-fi but to be honest man the '70s put out some some good dark sci-fi, so like I was I was looking forward to. I thought the the trailer looked you know dated and and kind of cheesy, and I'm like eh, that might be a little bit annoying. I, I was concerned but, about that too, right? But I was like I had I was holding out hope for the '70s knows how to fucking do a kind of just dark fucking hopeless sci-fi, right? And I feel like, yeah, this is kind of a prime example of that fucking Cold War era bleak sci-fi. Uh, it has a little bit of some silliness it kind of, later on in the movie with, with the whole you know, with him and the doctor and the hiding from the computer. Like, it gets slightly goofy here and there. but honestly, It was some needed brevity.
0: Despite right. being
1: goofy. But yeah, I was, I was like, like alright. All like, it tantalized
0: a different it. part of my brain for a minute. Thank you. It, it was very... Because it's very math, m- mathematic. It's very, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's very
1: nerdy. Right? It's a very dry movie. It is for, for super a lot of the it's beginning. It's so dry. It has like a, it's like a fucking, I, you know what I was trying to think of? I was like, what is this feel like as far as like other movies I've seen. And it kind of has the like courtroom drama quality to it. It's a lot of just like men in a room talking about the problem. <laughs> and, sure. and I'm not against that. There's a lot of times I'm, I'm really into that. And I think it works pretty well here. And I don't blame the movie for wanting to kind of switch it up and give it a little more like actual human feel and build on any relationship in this movie. And I think, you know, that it's not, it's not wrong for doing that, but it's weird how it kind of becomes a little silly as things are actually way worse for the situation and Colossus taking further control. Um, but honestly, man, I, I feel like what what kind of sucks as far as like this movie's place in sci-fi canon, which I would say kind of just doesn't have a place in it because I had never heard of this fucking movie. Um, and, and it seemed like most of our listeners had never heard of this movie. And it's kind of somewhat forgotten in a sense. Mm. Uh, but boy, it, when people now think of the like, what is the, the pop culture go to for like an AI that takes over and destroys the world? Fucking Skynet, the Terminator—like that's what we think of. And the next one, probably closest to that, would be the Matrix and the the machines taking over. This really kind of beat them all. Like this has that uh, first—you know—I don't offhand know of any other example from around this time of an AI taking over the world, becoming self-aware and and becoming a threat. That's that we take that idea for granted now. Two thousand one, but on a much smaller scale. Like Correct. It takes over the ship, it's it's interfering with the lives of you know these astronauts that are there. But as far as then AI being like, oh fuck, this is now the god emperor of the world and we all need to bow down to it, or it's gonna fucking kill us. Sure. Um, I sure can't think of an earlier example, and I, I think this is it's pretty cool for going that route. And it goes Hard. And that's kind of what I was hoping for and felt like was delivered on with the whole 70s aesthetic. The 70s, man, they were not afraid to give you a bleak fucking ending um, of like, it's, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and nobody wins. The end.
0: It's uh, the, the Colossus wins. I mean, the Colossus fucking wins. The Colossus straight up wins. Crushes them. It <laughs> does something Skynet never could. Right? Dude, and it just yeah, good wins. Point. All the Terminators, all the different models of Terminator, the T-1000, the liquid metal, doesn't matter, man. Point the goddamn nukes at your neck and call it a day. That's it. I'm a little confused about that, but we'll get to that when we get to it. You know, you made me start thinking, Matthew, about science fiction in the 1970s. And we've covered more than I initially thought. I'm just kind of looking at some generic lists. Uh, I got an IMDB list and... And I do control-click a lot. Control-click, you know, it opens another window in Chrome because I oh, yeah. hate navigating away from from the window I'm in if I want to click on a movie. Um, <laughs> so I've control-clicked on a few, but here we go. In the 70s on this, this is just a top 100 sci-fi movies of the 70s, IMDb, just kind of a generic list. Omega Man, Time After Time, Solaris. We haven't done any of those. We did Invasion of the Body Snatchers, of course, Star Wars Episode Four, Alien. Close Encounters, Clockwork Orange, Westworld, THX. We did all of those. Oh, yeah. All right. Silent Running we haven't done. We've done Logan's Run. We haven't done Phase 4. We haven't done the original Mad Max, which is a problem. I know. So Mad Max is going on the list once this bounty bullshit's done. Um, (laughs) The final program of, I don't know, Dark Star, dude. That's Carpenter. I
1: I know. I've still never even
0: seen that. We got to see that we got to see it because I don't think I've seen it either. Stills look familiar, which means maybe it was on a TV once kind of thing. Or maybe maybe I just looked at stills. Yeah, yeah. Like when I started getting in, when we were like getting into John Carpenter on this show, I remember thinking about Dark Star. Capricorn 1 we haven't done. We haven't done Superman. Um, Zardoz. (laughs) God bless that outfit. Oh, baby. Damnation Alley we haven't done. Soil and Green we haven't done. Ooh,
1: yeah. That's, That's another good super flick. bleak 70s fucking sci-fi movie right there. We did A
0: Boy and His Dog, Colossus is 23, Andromeda Strain we haven't done, Moonraker we haven't done, we did Rollerball, we did Star Trek the motion picture, we haven't done Sleep, we haven't done Day of the Dolphin, haven't done Beneath Planet of the Apes, haven't done Demon Seed. Dude, Demon Seed. I don't know that one at all. That's a kick-ass fucking flick. We should watch that. That's a, a, like a AI becoming obsessed with human beings as particularly the the chick in it. It's really creepy. Um, Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, we haven't done that. Yeah, that's the
1: David Bowie one, right? Yeah,
0: and you know who else is in that? Who? Rip Torn, Laying Pipe. Whoa. Dude, he's a a professor and he bangs his students. (laughs) (laughs) I think you see his dong in that movie too. And if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken, Working With a Piece. (laughs) <laughs> Stepford Wives, Space Ninety Nine, Island of Doctor Moreau, original we haven't done, Death Race oh. Two Thousand we didn't do, Slaughterhouse Five, Wizards we didn't do. I put that on the list. They made a Slaughterhouse Five movie. Yeah, I didn't know that
1: had a movie.
0: I didn't either. Never seen it. Interesting. Um, Godzilla vs. Hetera. It's kind of bullshit. Night of the L- of the Lepus, giant mutant rabbits terrorize the Southwest. Uh, okay. <laughs> the black hole. Bug, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, Doctor Who, Escape from the Planet, Invasion of the Bee Six Million Dollar Man, Land of the Lost, and it goes on and on and on. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in here of interest so I don't have to read to you 100 total titles. But there are, <laughs> you, you, you know, you start to forget how many movies, you could do an entire podcast you could launch an entirely new podcast on just forgotten pictures of the seven, forgotten science fiction. Totally, Movies. Yeah. You could do a whole thing on it. There's a hundred right here. That's a year and a half of
1: programming. You know, <laughs> so so many. It's crazy. But yeah, I, there is something about that that era of filmmaking that I do really like. Like, there's they had some guts in those movies, man. The fucking, the the cop movies from that time are fucking gritty and hardcore. Uh, there's just something, I don't know. I feel like that was, that was the decade where like filmmakers got a little more like, all right, let's fucking really, let's push it a little. Let's, let's really kind of I, get I, weird. I, and, and I feel hard. like
0: that era of filmmaker was anti-establishment and that really helped, right. you know, they kind of were like renegades busting totally. out of that clean, like, think about it. They're, they're born in the fifties, right? Indeed. In yep. a proper sort of way, stereotypically. Again, I'm, I'm talking in generalities here and, um, by the seventies, or in their twenties, they're like, "Man, fuck this plain fucking Jane bullshit,"
1: <laughs> you know. Also, I mean, that, I mean, that was Kubrick, to, like, Jesus Christ. actually fucking actually make movies outside of the studio system like back in the day like 30s 40s and 50s even in way into the 60s it was like MGM and Warner Brothers it was like you don't get to make a movie unless we're fucking funding it and distributing it like there's no movies getting out that are like independent films Mm -hmm. Uh, and that started to happen more in the 70s like smaller production companies started popping up and just like fuck it we're just gonna make our movie the way we want to make it sure Sure. So we've covered some,
0: but there is a lot left to cover. And boy, is there a lot of left in the, in the genres we like to cover? Um, which of course wow. you're going to be seeing so more of or hearing more of from LSG media, science, fiction, film Indeed. podcast.
1: We're going to get back to our roots.
0: Yeah. 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 But, um, so yeah. So Jose Jones was like, well, you know, I want you to do this movie. and And so here we are. Right. All right. Did he send an email about it or anything? Um, I believe he did. So let me pull up my email. Colossus. Bing. He says, it took some looking, but I found a good streaming website. Oh, oh! I was asking him. <laughs> I said, is this thing available streaming? We <laughs> talked about it. Um, he says, Rotten Tomatoes gave Colossus. I, I've, I can't say that because I vowed never to bring up a Rotten Tomatoes score once, like six months ago, and I haven't yet. So I'm going to avoid Ooh. that. I, I've, been, I've maintained that commitment on this show. <laughs> Even Vincent Camby, a longtime movie critic of the New York Times, Jose says, liked it. And sci-fi movies were not taken seriously before 77. Very few people have heard of it now, but it was a... Really? You don't think so? I think they took, Prince, um, I think they took Planet of the Apes pretty seriously. Um, but I couldn't know without really looking. But anyway, he says, very few people have heard of it now, but it was a rare pre-Star Wars critical success. Ah, interesting. But good book and movie that has a moral point about mankind not doing everything just because we can, uh, you see. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, uh, we never stop to ask ourselves uh, if we can. Sorry, that was my best <laughs> gold bloom. When I get a chance, I will look to find out about the streaming availability and get back to you. And then he says he found it on some crazy thing, and I was like, nah, fuck that. i <laughs> You got to go to the Czechoslovakian
1: website with a proxy. Like, oh, next, okay. Next thing you
0: know, my computer, my beautiful computer has AIDS, and then it's done.
1: <laughs> it just starts flashing on the screen. Warn, warn, another system.
0: He says, you guys like the original thing from Another World, which I have seen 30 times, and even Forbidden Planet. Awesome. I put in the work Colossus in a search bar, and the movie will come up. You guys like the, uh, sorry, I reread the same thing twice because I'm a dumb-dumb, have seen a lot of movies this year only because I heard it on your podcast. do want you to return the favor. The only regret, though, not a disappointment, was the damn Australian disaster movie (laughs) at the time we have left. Blah, blah, blah. So he doesn't really have a ton to say about it, but he said it a little bit. So shout out to this man for, of course, buying this film. Uh, We appreciate appreciate that business. Oh, reason for I'm picking. When I was growing up pre-cable, the movie was on TV a lot and before Skynet, (laughs) <laughs> and all of the react goes that. crazy tropes about taking over the world. The plot is about a Dr. Forbin creating a new defense computer designed as a limited AI, then accidentally becomes in general AI. Class is created to avoid humans accidentally blundering into nuclear war, but things go south from here. It got me as a kid because there was no happy ending. I think you guys would like it. Never on TV anymore. And AI is currently a fear of people like the late Stephen Hawking and Elon Musk. Wikipedia says they are actually working on a remake of the movie with Will Smith. <laughs>
1: La- I read a little bit about that. Um, that seems dead in the water. The, the last time there was any news about Will Smith being in it was like twenty thirteen or something like that, and like it's been there's been no announcements since then. And I'm like, yeah, sounds like it's in development hell and probably not coming out anytime soon.
0: Got it. Okay, well, we're here and uh, and I think we should probably uh, dive into this bad boy and, uh, and 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 do what we always do here, sir.
1: Let's get into it.
0: Let's get, get into through it. it. Let's do it. It's a a short and sweet little picture.
1: Yeah, we just dive right through this thing. We do. Honestly, man, I was going to say, one of my favorite aspects of this is that we get this really big, tremendous look at Colossus in the beginning, and then really never again. Like, we get this look inside of it, and you get to see firsthand just how massive and how secure this thing is. And I think that's a really cool choice to to show Forbin walking through here, to show the the defense systems, those fucking, like, what is that? Like, four-foot-thick steel doors, the radiation belt that they turn on that stays inside of the the inner doors, to basically has like a fucking moat. Uh, I mean, this thing is as secure as it could possibly be, and no one's ever going to see the inside of this ever again. Right. That's cool.
0: That's really that's cool. It's
1: just like a, a looming threat out there on its own, in its own little world.
0: Some kind of Air Force base, high tech security, the Colossus Project, of course. And outside, the president means Dr. Forbin and calls this a marvelous achievement. The president himself, Matthew. Um, he, Forbin's being looking congratulated. Very
1: John Kennedy esque. Big time. <laughs>
0: big, big time, except he still has his head well, all in one piece. Except alive and well. Jesus Christ. Oof. Yeah. I love the Colossus project. I think it's going to be great because now I can take all the days off and fuck all the
1: horse. <laughs> I can get back to my uh, uh, real passions in life.
0: Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to drive down and see uh, see Jackie, but also horse. that's what he does
1: pop around see if Marilyn Monroe is still
0: alive in all in all seriousness though that's he gives you that impression he's he's getting prepared to be like I'm just gonna put my feet up in the oval office once Colossus goes live (laughs) a little bit right (laughs) a little bit he's always positive like I like his performance in this he's always positive. he's he's always like we're gonna win we can do it and um I mean, he doesn't do it. He definitely loses. But... (laughs) Sure don't. Yeah. They'll lose. The whole world loses. But we don't know. Like, what if we go fast forward 100 years in the future? We don't know. Maybe they're great.
1: (laughs) Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Well... I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah.
0: So, uh, the president tells the people that Colossus has been defending the country for a few months, I guess, quietly. That's it. He even says that Colossus makes better decisions than men because of its quote, lack of emotion,
1: mm-hmm. end quote. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's, that's the hubris right there of like, ah, yes, it is better than man because it doesn't have our flaws. This thing created by man <laughs> that we created, surely it and, is infallible.
0: It's a mistake. People always, can think, people always think emotion is, there's so much association of negativity with emotion, Right, because so right. many people are incapable of controlling their own emotions or governing them, themselves, and they're, they're slaves to their passions and their whims. But emotion, a lot of times, is just sort of like a call to action, right? It's just like, hey, this thing is a problem, so I'm telling you. I'm making you feel uncomfortable about it, so you do something about it, Right. Right.
1: And that's one of, that's, I think one of the bigger aspects of this story that really starts to get hinted at later on when, when they're, when they're still trying to, to pretend that they're in control and think like, well, you know, this isn't as bad as it seems, you know, we can make it, we can make it reason its way into different decisions. Like when they get, you know, there's a couple lines later where even Dr. Forbin's like, oh, this is the way of men, like check your historical circuits. This is, this is how it's always been. This is the Mm -hmm. way we make choices. And it kind of comes to that whole problem of like knowledge, no matter what, like has to be interpreted. You have to interpret knowledge. Like a big database of facts does not lead to wisdom. Like it ha- it needs to be formed and translated and interpreted through experience to be put into to action. If you want to have a, a decision that's made that's not just so horribly coldly calculated and utilitarian, it's like ah oh, yes, five million dead is better than fifty million dead. Kill them now.
0: <laughs> Right. Right. There's a very big difference between information and knowledge. Right. Right. That's, they're, they're very, a lot of times they're, they're considered very similar and maybe even used interchangeably, so to speak. But right. No, no, definitely not. You know, there's, (laughs) there's obtaining, there's having your facts and having a big list of those facts. And then there's sort of, how do I objectively apply said facts with right. with with synergy with knowledge of other systems, right? You see what I'm saying? Right. right. Information is just a list. It's a bullet. It's a, here's, a, here's information you need, Matthew. Here it is. Let me get my paper. Mm-hmm. Here it is. It's a bullet of information. It's a bunch of things I've written down for you that now you have. Now you immediately start making associations between those bullet points because you're a person. That's the knowledge sort of glue. Mm -hmm. If you're just a computer, it's just a list of of things, right?
1: Right. And also, I mean, you got to think about- This is very much a layman's interpretation of this, but I'm trying. Oh, totally. But like, and they've done, you know, I know there's been like psychological tests on this of like giving people the same, a list of like bullet pointed information like that, but in different order and just like, you know, like Uh. nothing about the wording has changed or anything, but you just put them in different order and things just being- one in front of the other in different variations starts to give it a different meaning people see things differently like they they prioritize information differently like you can't just act like there's no like ah here's just this pure you know clean information that has no bias to it that can only be interpreted in one way it's like no bullshit man like it can be interpreted a million different ways it's just information you know you know
0: it, information and knowledge it's it's really interesting because information again is also just uh, uh, um um, something with like a list of things, not with, without, uh, what am I looking for? Like no context. Right. 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 So knowledge, so information can be gained without experience. And I think experience is crucial to knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. Is Exactly. What everyone has today. Information, (laughs) maybe not correct information, maybe not incorrect information, but information. Because we can just... Devoid of a context, devoid of experience. Right. Because we can look up anything, right? And just regurgitate that thing. Which we do a lot. Like, oh, there's a fact about this movie. I take a look at that fact on IMDb, and then I regurgitate that information. I am just transferring information that, that I don't really know anything about. Now... Depending on the information, I may have some context on that information because the information might give me something that allows me to think of something else relatable to that piece of information, hence knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the difference. But people now, we just look things up. But you know those people. They're like, Why you know, I was reading this thing, and I was like, I understand what you're reading, But when you're doing the thing, it's a lot different. Like, I understand you read your How to Launch a Podcast thing, but listen to me when I tell you that this is probably, with experience and the knowledge I have, with a better approach or something. Or whatever your expertise or something you might just know more about than somebody else. Right. Right. And that's the thing with a computer. It has the information, but it lacks and, and how often do we say this when it comes to AI? We started saying this on episode 00, sector 001, um, episode 001, which is Blade Runner. This idea of uh, no framework of experience around, except we use this more in the emotional context. Like, you can't make Roy Batty feel something, R.I.P. Rutger Hauer. All right.
1: But there you go, I mean like that right. was the the main issue with the AI of replicants that it was v- unstable without emotion mm-hmm.
0: and it's a child with emotion
1: exactly it's four yeah.
0: years old it's a, it's, a, it's a baby it's a giant baby with with fucking terminator strength
1: <laughs> that's a problem because <laughs> if it wants a lollipop, it's getting a lollipop it's going to push through your skull to get a lollipop right.
0: But Forbin breaks it down for us, man. He says, Colossus CPU is in the Rockies, okay? We have uh, this thing over here overlooking the Pacific in California, which is where we learn that his team sort of primarily operates out of. Uh, He talks about the computers are monitoring everything, sensors, et cetera. The system is surrounded by gamma radiation. He's he's really going on and on about how Colossus has its own defense. He even says Colossus has emergency circuits that will take action, it is self-protecting and self-generating it is impenetrable Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Boy.
1: And I love I mean it is kind of a cool thing to see you know this scientist character the head scientist character in a movie and the president having a fucking public press conference where they're like yeah this was top secret 2 hours ago we're just going to go ahead and tell the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like that is something I actually I was like kind of surprised by. I was like wow they they're just telling everybody and and their rationale for it makes sense like they're this confident in it. They're like we're done. Like are <clears throat> the, the defense of America is complete. We're done. We don't need or the to, world as far to, as they can say. Right, as for the free world, like it is now managed, it is run, it is self-controlling uh and we like as the president says like we should turn our attention to dismantling war and and, and pointing towards peace, which I'm still like mm, suspicious of, but <laughs> at the same time it's like they do have real confidence that this is done. It's over. Like the possibility of world-ending conflict is is a thing of the past. And, like, I can imagine getting swept up in that, especially in the middle of the Cold War, of, like, oh, whew, like, fucking wipe the sweat off your brow. Finally, a nuclear bomb isn't just going to fucking hit my town at any given point and just evaporate all of us. Like, this looming threat that's been, you know, around for over a decade is just seemingly done in one announcement. You know how I feel about people
0: outsourcing their self-defense, Matthew.
1: <laughs>
0: imagine that on a global scale, right? Oh, God. I mean part of me believes we kind of already do if, if you believe in um, the viability of militaries and things of this nature, there is a level of that, but it is, it is down to an individual, right? It's not, it's not a collective. It is an individual. I know people like to say, Oh, it is a collective, but it isn't because it's people. They're, they're persons, right? (laughs) But in this case, you are, you are going on automatic pilots and and I don't just mean automatic pilot. Like, ooh, there's 230 passengers at risk if this computer fucks up. Not that, but we're going on automatic pilot for humanity, for humanity's defense.
1: It's a pretty bold move, but pretty bold. Like, I it in one sense I can imagine being caught up in the hope of that, of like, wow, we don't have to worry about that anymore, but I feel like if this were a thing that actually happened, and a press conference came on of the president and like some science committee saying, alright, this is what we've been working on, and here it is, it's gone live, and this is what we're doing now, I feel like there'd be more of an outcry than this, because everybody in this world just kind of like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, really? Not a not one protest, not anybody being like, shit, uh, is this, really? Is this really completely 100% foolproof and honestly, man, the idea of having literally, and they're proud of it too. Like he talks about like there is no way for human interference, for for human activity to to touch Colossus or its decision making whatsoever. Uh, and that is the most terrifying aspect. I'm like, dude, I don't care what it is or how great it is, there has to be a human kill switch that Colossus cannot touch or control in any way. There just has to be. Mm-hmm. There has to be a ripcord. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, think, I think if I had any criticisms
0: about the movie, and, and I have a few, but I think probably one of them would be, maybe we could have seen more about, I, it's, really, it's really spoken in general terms about how, and I believe the president says it here in this scene, but he's talking about just the elimination of suffering and that he's, he's pitching for world peace, essentially. Uh, oh, yeah. we, will, we will live in the shade of Colossus, but not the shadow. That's a great quote, very presidential
1: <laughs> Very presidential. Yes.
0: Um, Forman, of course, hopes that Colossus will help solve many of the problems of the world and beyond. If we could have expanded on that, it might have been a little easier to, to swallow. But we learn about Colossus, Matthew. We learn that as a communication through various terminals. Two-way, by the way, and it cannot initiate new thought. However, <laughs> and, uh, it, it can expand its knowledge. So here's the pros and cons. It yeah. has no creativity. Cannot initiate thought, but may expand its knowledge, which obviously we know is not true because it does all of those things, which is a flaw in the design, I believe. The flaw in the failsafe, Forbin. I mean, says it. And I mean, this thing is working way beyond our wildest imaginations.
1: Right, but I think I mean that's to me the the fatal like human. Hubris flaw of thinking like we created this thing that mimics the human brain and is vastly complex and and can calculate all this knowledge and it can add to its own knowledge, but surely it won't just continue to get more complex until the point where it's self aware and start actually making its own decisions, right? Like, ah, it'll just, it'll just stop at that point. I'm like, no, man. If you just created something that is a essentially a brain that can grow and continue to develop. It's just going to hit a point of complexity where it realizes what it is and can start like self-determining like that's, that's what it is. Like you're, you're never, I don't think you can, that is just the, a process that you can't stop once it's started.
0: Right. There's, there's a lot of hubris there. You see this with, with, you know, one of a parent's greatest wishes for their child is for their child to sort of surpass them to, to do the things that they, to, to live a life that lacks the struggle that they had to endure to right. right everybody wants, you, you don't, you don't want, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, to, to, personalize it, my father, you know, he, the work he's done in his life, he's, he doesn't want his kids to have to do that. <clears throat> he doesn't look down upon it, but he'd rather us not have to roof in 96 degree weather. Right. he doesn't, he, 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 you know building houses is, is awesome it's a really cool skill um i i've i got a lot of skill from my father's relative that not as much as i could have because there were times where i was just a punk but <laughs> but having seen my father you know and him dealing with the back issues and this and that it's always the hope that you will that your offspring will sort of surpass you in a sense right isn't that kind of the thing yeah, and, and what's funny? A- at the end of the day, you're still making people. A lot of those offspring fall short. A lot of them kind of suck. Some kids blow. <laughs> they turn into shitty people. There's <laughs> shitty people in the world that were once children. Okay. Oh, so, indeed. In sweet that, innocent baby. Sweet children. innocent babyface children killed. You know, eight people at fucking Gainesville at uh, Florida State University or or Miami University you know so it it's it's the always that there's also the fear there's the hope and the fear in the same breath and at the end of the day it's the same genetic material <laughs> so so i guess what i'm trying to say is that you when you make an artificial intelligence when you make this thing you can only ever know that how how do you expect it to surpass the great the greatness of the human mind's evolution over time which It's still pretty infantile as far as we can tell. But how do you plan, if it it comes of you, how much better than you can it possibly be? As a machine, you know, as a kid, sure. Maybe the kid is born to a poor family and they're good people and they're great, but they only ever influence the six people around them, but their kid goes on to influence thousands of people around them and is wealthy and supports charities and pays for somebody's horrific you know, somebody got to a horrific accident and they can donate to their reconstructive facial surgery or, or whatever the fucking thing it is. You know, that's, it's crazy. Like Joe Rogan just did that. He, he paid for somebody's knee surgery. This, this girl who's a fighter who's like, I've been trying for years to do this. And Joe just sends her an Instagram message and he's like, send me the bill. You're, you're I'm fixing your fucking knee. Like this sucks. And it's crazy. Like that's fucking crazy. That's not to say he's greater than somebody with less reach because you, somebody had profound impact on him. You know, it's it's all this shit. But with machines, it gets so much different, dude. With machines, it's like how... It, it is hubris. It is hubris to think it will be better than you. With all of your frailty, the hubris is you thinking you are awesome enough and... Maybe, maybe you won't somehow transport your flaws into the design of this machine, you know
1: right, right, that, that somebody that a fallible human being can produce something infallible.: like, Yes, that's like a that. much I mean, that's, more
0: succinct way to say it.
1: Right, and that's like old fucking philosophers' questions about God and everything.: I'm Sure like, well, if, you know, when it gets into that, that whole idea of like, can you make something 100 percent? Without any issue, without any problem, when we ourselves are not above that, like it's not like fuck, we haven't figured it out. So why w- why would this just naturally figure out everything and just be perfect,
0: right? And and flawless in its decision making? Because the more it's like anything, right? The more variables introduced into it, the more complicated it becomes. That's why a computer with a simple purpose works pretty flawlessly. A calculator. It has limited right. scope. There are many less variables, thus it doesn't run out of control. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the more shit you add to it, the more it becomes complicated. The more, of course, the heuristic programming they talk about this mimicking of human thought. That's wild oh, shit, that's man. Intense, yeah. Um, but I do like the. I love the line. You know, the shadow of glosses. We're not going to live in the shadow. Just in the shade. Shade is a positive thing. The shadow is not
1: right. And, you know, I think that's the way he's thinking of that is exactly what you just said. He's thinking yep. of it as our best calculator ever. Like it's just it is a very complex calculator that is doing a complex but single job. Like that it, it is out here monitoring for for attacks, and mm-hmm. it will stop those attacks. And that is its purview. And it's not going to go beyond that, and it's done. Like we don't have to think of it going beyond that. But the problem is you made something. You made something complex enough to tackle a vastly complex issue uh, of you know, all, all all these goddamn possible like intercontinental missile attacks from any direction, and it, just the processing power to be able to to be on the ready and process all that information and and make decisions. You've created something that's so complex that, of course, it's only going to get more intelligent. Mm, yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, um,
1: <laughs> I've been. Um...
0: Um, I've been reading the book The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck.
1: <laughs> I've seen that on the shelves. Uh, I haven't checked that it's out. It's excellent.
0: It's really good. Yep. It's nothing, it's nothing new from a philosophical standpoint, but it's really it's the information is really disseminated and presented in a good way and I like the author. I think it's a really cool book. Um, and uh, it, you know, it's interesting. The reason it's called The Subtle Art of is because it's not about being a fucking nihilist. It's about right. Embarking, it's it's about understanding that life has problems, and instead of allowing all, instead of allowing every inconvenience to sort of derail your life, you have to you have to pick and choose. You have to decide what what, what notorious B I G right? More money, more problems. Mm-hmm. Indeed, right, and that's 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 this whole idea. When you create Colossus, you 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 can't. I guess what I'm trying to say is. I don't believe because humans are the way they are, that you can eliminate problems. <laughs> right. You can't do that. They're, you're just supplanting problems for new different problems. And that's life, right? And in, in the book kind of talks about that. And that's, that's, and I'm relating to the movie. It's like, you know, you don't want to be a fat pig. You feel bad about yourself. That's a problem. So you're going to go to the gym and get in shape. But that's not like happy-go-lucky you got to fucking get up. You got to ho- work hard. You got to sweat. Those are all new problems. You're just choosing different problems. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting philosophy. Um, an interesting I reckon, point, yeah, it is. It is. You're, you're just saying, okay. Well, I want to do. I I want to. Choosing I don't, to embrace
1: some problems. Correct. Yeah.
0: I don't want to be married. I want to fuck a bunch of girls. Oh, okay, great. So you that sounds like something that has a desirable outcome based on what you're telling me, but you understand all these different problems that are come in. Just pick and choose your fucking problems. That's what it is. (laughs) The devil, you know, is better than devil. You don't same bullshit, right? We can sit there and speak aphorism all day, but that's the, (laughs) that's the hubris of the entire Colossus project, which is we're eliminating suffering and we're going to put our fucking feet up in the shade. And, and that's what we're going to do. But that's, really naive and as we can see there's a whole new list of problems <laughs> most of them come oh, with your autonomy and your inability uh, to have uh, sovereignty over your own life
1: <laughs> and dude i love how the first real problem with colossus emerges because in a sense it's doing them a favor like the the first thing that colossus does as they're celebrating you know the, the president and charles are celebrating everybody back at charles's lab is celebrating yep, the it's crew. like we're all done Yeah, we're we're set, we're done, and then all of a sudden, Colossus displays this unexpected message. Warn: there is another system. Mm. And uh, first of all, like, well, what does that even mean? Like, what is he talking about? And like, I love how most people are just like, "Huh, that's an odd message." Sure. uh, What is that? And they start to like realize that oh, it it detected another uh, another system somewhere, and they're they're more surprised by the the existence of another system, uh, another computer possibly like Colossus. But I love that Charles is like. Colossus wasn't supposed to display a message like that ever. It's not. It's not supposed to be looking for things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm. Like, I love how he, the difference with him. I mean, obviously, he's like the genius scientist here. But I like how he sees this same problem as a problem, but in a far different way. Of like, sure. this is already beyond what Colossus Colossus' purview. What it was ever supposed to be doing. Uh, and that's m- almost more worrying. He's like, yeah, yeah. The Soviets made their own machine, whatever. But this is not what it should be doing.
0: Right. That's an insane proposition too because immediately, like you said, Forbin thinks of it a certain way, and the president's like, give me, me, what's his name? Um, Grauber, the CIA oh, man. Yeah,
1: uh, what's the CIA been up to? He get,
0: get Grauber, because, uh, you know, apparently Guardian is a thing. It went online, and it's in Russia. And the president's like, look, we, we got a security leak. It's on your team. And th- this is not a coincidence of science, as Forbin seems to think it is which I thought was actually interesting because Foreman never comes off as smug. He seems no. like a pretty humble guy considering what he's created. And, and he positions, it as it's not that unreasonable to think maybe they did. Right. Like he's not like, that's impossible. I am the genius, right? He doesn't, he just says <laughs> exactly. it's a coincidence of science. It's just, that's, and... He uh, says he,
1: coincidences happen all the time in science. But
0: he's more surprised by the, by... You know, if there are no bugs, then this system is doing things beyond our wildest dreams. Already, it hasn't even been on an hour. That's terrifying.
1: So that's already like, oh god, where's the ripcord? Where where is it? This is already like scary and and go growing beyond what you thought it could do.
0: So Forbin decides, oh, Matthew, that he better go see his crew. And amidst a pretty chaotic scene, they're running tests, wondering what's going on, and Forbin decides. He's going to run some programs, something EC-13. A lot of this techno babble doesn't really matter. But Colossus right. decides that it's going to issue an order to communicate with Guardian in Moscow. And Forbin's like, he, are
1: you guys joking? Yeah. He's like, okay, who, who made it display this message? Who did that? Mm-hmm. Um and honestly dude I want to talk about this for a minute this whole lab setting the 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 set piece here I actually really like um and at first when I was watching when I got glimpses of this from the trailer I was like okay this is kind of the dated part of it this is how they're displaying the computer's communication um I actually think it works to the computer and the story's favor by we don't have some avatar for the computer. I feel like you make Colossus, this movie, in 2019, what ends up happening is Will Smith is talking to a fucking hologram of like a pretty fucking girl being like, oh, oh, I'm Colossus. And it's like a fucking human avatar, and it gets angry and all this shit. And I'm like, I love... That it is literally text on a fucking screen, and because when that screen goes black, there's that terror of like, sure. what is it doing? Sure, what is it th- like sure, I mean, you can't. You're just, there's no face to scrutinize. There's no eyes to look at. You're just like, it's a fucking computer. Like I don't know what it's doing. It's doing something, and and the way they build to this subtly too, like when they run a test. You know, he's like, oh, what's this test? And she's like, oh, you know, EC13. And he's like, okay, well, how long should that take? And she's like, oh, approximately 30 seconds. And it runs a test and immediately is like, all right, the test is over. And he's like, wait, that took like half a second. Like, mm-hmm. why, how's it going so fast? Like, it's already processing faster than we thought it could, it's already growing and growing. Um, but this whole set piece, too, the aspect of it I like i mean the faceless computer the the really loud text every time it comes on the screen it's so it's so fucking inhuman and beyond us i I really like that and and it's like one of those times where it being dated just works to its favor. Like That that was definitely a limitation of technology, but I think it actually is better for the story. And then also, a a thing about this movie that I really like on the overall, and just about every shot, there are not many close-ups on people. They happen in a few moments, but most of the time, it's people just being... Dwarfed by computers and massive screens, they are sure. small. Like it's everybody is just a small little character in this big wide set that is just dominated by massive computers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that great really camera plays work in. Too. What's that? Great camera work, great movement. Yeah, the like the way the, the way the camera moves around the set, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like it's circling everybody. Everybody's working. Everybody, you, you, you see all this frenzy of activity, but nobody understands what's going on.
0: It's yeah, cool. It's really cool. Um, the cinematographer was uh Mikel Columbier. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> Gene Polito. And we've talked <laughs> about...
1: <laughs> had to take a little sauce off there.
0: We we've talked about Gene Polito before. Oh really? Oh boy, have we. Gene boy, how this is me. <laughs> um, first things first, he was the um, he was the DP on um, uh, fucking Westworld. Oh
1: shit. Nice.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I remember us talking about that cause it's just, you know, such a cool, such a cool flick. Nice. Uh, in, oh, he in did
1: Future World too. He did. The sequel, which we never saw. I know he did. Um,
0: but yeah, pretty cool. He's, uh, he does some good work in this movie. No
1: question about that.
0: Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he worked on the original Star Wars Born. He was an uncredited camera assistant.
1: Oh shit.
0: Mm, pretty wild. But uh, yes, I like that. I like that the subject of the shot seems smaller to make the computers more big and ominous. Um, I like the way they look. Like you said, they're impersonal. That's awesome, man. That's 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 good stuff. And it yeah, repeats man. the order. And it says, and Foreman says, look, they will not do that at this time and don't ask again. He then oh, says cool. they will know in 30 minutes if they're still in control or not. So Foreman's like, I'm going to tell him not to ask another question and then we're going to know if we're still in control of this thing. So he's... Kind of got the nervous humor going,
1: right? Right? Because I I love how at first everybody is like, oh, looks like we're still the boss," then, huh? All right, everything's fine. And right. Like, mm, I don't know, are we? Right, right.
0: Uh, what did you think
1: of um, Eric Braden? Pl- Honestly, I I do think he's pretty good. Me too. In this. Overall, like uh, there is, I don't even know how to describe his performance though. It's very, at times it's very dry and he just kind of it's seems very German. A, a very German, a little like aloof from the whole situation. But <laughs> at the same time, it kind of strikes me as like, a, yeah, that's probably how a scientist would act. Like he's, he's busy thinking about this problem unlike the way the rest of us would. Right. He, um, he is from Germany, um, born in the forties, migrated
0: over. Um, shortly after that, he was a big-time athlete, track and field, like a superb athlete, apparently. He's got the track and field look about him, but um, he uh, he is big-time in The Young and the Restless.
1: Yeah, he was a major, major character there.
0: Victor Newman, that's him. Crazy.
1: And evidently, they were considering our boy Charlton Heston or Gregory Peck for this role, uh, and they just wanted to go for a pretty much unknown. They wanted a an unknown face.
0: Big-time TV guy. Yeah, but not in 1970. Yo. All that stuff follows. But I guess before he was in the Rat Patrol, um, which he did quite. He did, I think he did a ton of episodes. He kept. He played Captain Hans Dietrich. He played Nazis a lot, he was typecast. <laughs> yeah. Nazi scientist. Yeah, he played played a lot of Nazis. Apparently, Major Gerhard Benz in Twelve O'Clock High. Um. Yeah. A lot of craft suspense, Gerd Hoffman, Manfred Scharft.
1: <laughs> you know, it does make you, makes me wonder at least, uh, if Gregory Peck or Charlton Heston was in this role, would this movie be as forgotten? Mm. Interesting. Like, maybe, maybe it does, you know, that's a lot of times your argument for a star in a movie is not just like, ah, their performance or they're so good, of like, well, they have a bankable name and it'll give this movie, you know, a little more prestige, a little more, you know, awards run. We can advertise that this person's in it and honestly sell it once it's out of the theaters. Uh, Home video sales are better. And I'm like, if this movie just has no star, like, what is? What are you selling it on? The name Colossus? It's a novel. Sure. Or there's that. Sure, but otherwise, it's it's pretty much the concept, which is hard to get across through just a poster. Yep, yep. I think he does a good job, though. But I think he's good. Yeah, I do think he is good in this.
0: So let's talk about Foreman briefing the president. He says, "Listen, Mr. President, everything is working fine, except its heuristic programming. It simulates human learning process." But as long as it's directed solely to the execution of its problems, we have no complaints. I guess that is all. And the president says, well, he kind of goes after the CIA director a little. He says, why did we know nothing about the Russian system? Right? Mm -hmm. And, And that's when Grauber says, listen, we're some activity, electronic activity around Siberia. I forget what he says exactly, but it's near Siberia. And the president's like, well, find their computer, man. And that's when Forbin says, "Why don't we just ask Colossus?" And they do, and he says, Bolshoi <laughs> olianya,"
1: like instantly. And I he's how not like, even right, close
0: gonna- to the uh, what the CIA had in mind.
1: Right, right. I love how I mean, and that's that's another just nice moment from from uh, Braden as as Forbin, where he's like, "Well, guys, I mean." Obviously, Colossus knows where it is because it detected it. <laughs> it. It it knows. Just fucking ask it. Mm-hmm. If, which, even though he's right, it's like ugh, you're already starting to play into the fact that it's doing more than it was ever supposed to. Like you're you're starting to follow its lead.
0: And mm. the president, rightfully so, Matthew says, "Well, tell me more about Colossus's desire, for lack of better words, to communicate with the Russian machine." To which Forbin just says, "Listen." We could learn a lot more about the Russian system if we set it up exactly, if they set up exactly how Colossus wants. And he explains that the system is much better than they thought. It locates another system like itself, realizes we don't know it, tells us about it immediately, and then wants to know more. So Forbin's still saying this is kind of a positive because if the Colossus project is designed to protect American interests and, of course, the world's by extension, some would argue, then of course, it's going to tell us about a counterpart in Russia, which right. is still USSR, which is still not our friends. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah. And the president says, "Well, what are we going to do if class starts just kind of sending over classified information? What, how do we know that they're not sharing information?" Right.
1: And this is where Forbin is still pretty much confidently like, "Oh, we just send it a parameter to end that communication. We we cut off its line."
0: We tell it that the Guardian is hostile. Mm-hmm. If we tell it that the Guardian is hostile, then, of course, Colossus will, will close down communications. But, but, but I'll tell you what, Matthew, Colossus is single and looking to mingle.
1: Indeed. I mean, how many other, I mean, when it swiped right on Tinder, it only got one possible match. <laughs> I mean, how many other single, mind you, supercomputers are on the market? It's and like and an Apple there, computer. Talk.
0: Which way do you swipe if you like somebody? I don't even know Tinder.
1: Um, I, I think it's right. It's okay. been a while. I'm a little rusty. It's like,
0: it's like Apple computer, ugh, left, calculator, <laughs> ugh, left. Texas instruments, <laughs> meh, not bad. I like what she's Weird. wearing, left. Uh, <laughs>
1: NORAD, ugh.
0: ugh old. Left. IBM, personal computer, left. Ugh, God. Commodore 64 left. What is this? Guardian, you are looking nice. Nice. <sighs> Guardian, nice. Well, oh, you know me, I like a nice Russian babe, huh? Oof, look at the way she wears those keys, damn. Well, <laughs> oh, those servers are looking cool. Mmm, that monitor is looking
1: scrumptious. <laughs> How many other exciting ways can Dean and Matthew sexualize <laughs> computer pods?
0: Stay tuned! <laughs> I'd like to slip my five and a quarter floppy in there. Um, so,
1: processing, processing.
0: <laughs> long story short, the Colossus is uh, is wanting a friend. It wants to talk
1: to Guardian. Right. It already can understand that like, this is the the intelligence level that it can communicate with. That this is this is essentially the only thing out there that it could have a conversation with. Right.
0: The president wonders how they will know. Forbin confirms that they will listen and break the circuit if needed. Right? And Forbin's like, well, well, I should probably be the only one to talk to the machine because of its exacting language standards. is essentially what he's saying here. Right. Because right. it's very literal. Okay. All right. You You have to speak in a way that it understands and he has the expertise. So he sets up the communication. Indeed. Colossus like, to Guardian. Colossus to Guardian. Colossus to Guardian. It starts as a multiplication tables, and then it just starts to progress through more complicated computations, and it starts to print these out, Matt. It goes to ah. calculus relatively quickly. So what we're seeing mm. is that it's communicating information that becomes more and more complicated as time Indeed. goes on.
1: Ugh. This is... So fucking scary. Like, I I love how they're all, I mean, they are nervous about this. You know, everybody is a little hesitant uh, about what's going on, but they're kind of just more curious and and wanting to watch it unfurl. They're scientists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's like these two supercomputers communicating, but oh my God, by the time, but I'm the person who is like, by the time they're past algebra two, I'm like, pull the plug, pull it. I don't don't trust it. I don't trust them. I feel like Josh would pull the plug at fucking the, the division's (laughs) <laughs> it's dividing, fuck it, kill it,
0: yeah um it's it's pretty creepy the um <sighs> yeah pretty
1: pretty intense, but this is yeah, this is how how it begins they start just exchanging these these basic you know mathematical formulas, and it gets all the way to the point where it's past even theoretical physics, and he's like, yeah it's coming up with equations for what is he i think he said like anti gravity. <laughs> It's yeah. like how they would make it like, this is stuff we don't even understand yet where it's beyond us now.
0: Did you ever read the article on Forbes about Facebook doing this? Oh God, no. Yeah. So prepare not to sleep. Uh, title of the article written by Tony Bradley, July 31st, 2017. So about two years ago to the day.
1: So they're already like way past this. You know, they're already about to fire nukes. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> Facebook AI creates its own language in creepy preview of our potential future. Oh, yeah, Facebook shut down an artificial intelligence engine after developers discovered that the AI created its own unique language that humans can't understand. Researchers at the Facebook AI Research Lab found that the chatbots had deviated from the script and were communicating in a new language developed without human input. It is concerning, as it is amazing. Simultaneously, a glimpse of both awesome and horrifying potential of AI. AI is not sentient at least not yet. It may be someday though or it may approach something close enough to be dangerous. Ray Kurzweil warned years ago about the technological singularity. Kurzweil, he's the one that said we are the uh, the, um, sex organs of machines, people.
1: Oh, fuck. Fucking wild, right? That's a crazy way to put it that probably is more accurate than I I want to think about. I hope I'm
0: not misappropriating that to Kurzweil. Um, the Oxford Dictionary defines a singularity as a hypothetical moment in time when artificial intelligence and other technologies have become so advanced that humanity undergoes a dramatic and irreversible change. To be clear, we're really we aren't really talking about whether or not Alexa is eavesdropping on our conversations. It is, or whether Siri knows too much about your calendar. It does. There is a massive difference between voice-enabled digital assistant. Blah 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 goes on and on. But it's a pretty interesting article. So shout out to Tony Bradley, who wrote it on Forbes. If you just search Facebook AI, Forbes, Tony Bradley, you'll find his article. Give him some hits. Give him some ad dollars. I I do want to check that out. Talked about him.
1: Yeah, that is that's. I mean, it's a whole other can of worms that I don't feel like we should open. But I, I do think that's an interesting. It's an interesting difference because I know it's like people do get nervous about like Alexa and shit like that, which I think rightly so. But I think at the end of the day, if it's listening, it's listening for the sake of other human beings somewhere to get money out of you. Like it's like so oh, for, of very course. much like a, a human agenda of course versus an AI that has invented its own fucking language and has its own agenda that we don't even know. I'm like that is some next level shit.
0: It's more for marketing is, than anything. I mean, there'll be a time where you walk into a mall, and you'll have your your you'll have. Hey, Dean, you're back. You'll have your Google eyeballs, and you'll see, and it'll know your patterns of purchasing, and it will show you everything that you could potentially be interested in on a visual overlay, kind of like the one in Terminator. Like, fuck you, asshole! Fuck you, asshole! Don't
1: worry, Dean. The Men's Express is right over here.
0: Um, and it will say and it will say, it will know your purchasing patterns, it will know how long ago you purchased something. It will probably surmise based on your patterns of your life, what you may be about to purchase, and it will show you all relevant sales in your eyesight that 's happening that 's going to happen because it 's already happening on your computer. Yeah, I, series disabled on my phone I don't think it really matters because yeah, listen, with much. the amount of stuff we have out there people could deep fake us to sound like we're radical fucking you know Islamic <laughs> fundamentalists at this point you know like, it's <laughs> like, true you make it sound like, and we, they can make us do whatever they could say anything
1: Like there's, there's enough- a deep fake video of me on YouTube three years from now like I am of ISIS and I want to behead all Americans <laughs>
0: <laughs> that she'll sound smooth though that's the creepy part yeah, it's just
1: tiny little things
0: like that. You know, like little RFID things will pop up in your vision. Like you'll walk into a store, man. You don't even have to, man. You'll just hit the VR, go into the store virtually. Employees will be at home virtually touring you. And then fucking the the drone will drop off the new home theater system. That's it.
1: Until Ben Mendelsohn blows up my trailer park. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, dude.
0: Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) But, um, so the computations continue
1: and Forbin admits that this is beyond knowledge to man. Right. This is, this is past the point. This is past the cutting edge of human knowledge. They are beyond us. I don't recall what exact theories, but theories
0: are literally being proven and they're just watching it happen. Um, and, and Guardian sends information to Colossus. It follows a similar pattern. And the White House is like, what the fuck is going on?
1: <laughs> what the fuck? We thought we just bought a really cool shield for bombs. Mm-hmm. The fuck is it doing? And
0: they're like, oh, no, they're just forming a basis for communication. They're just they're just sniffing each other's asses at this point.
1: <laughs> oh. This is the most expensive <laughs> dog ass sniff that we've ever funded. That's oh, all I'm telling you. Oh, right? oh are not- you
0: sure? Or are you missing the fact that it's literally creating a language, Matthew a language has been developed, much like the Facebook AI, and um, they sync up and everything stops and we learn their language has been developed, and then the dialogue with the Guardian is to begin now, a common basis for communication language is developed a language Ah. only the machines understand god damn it 49 years later, 49 years later, 47 years later, Facebook's like, I got it.
1: <laughs> we'll do this. It's fine. That's bananas, I do. man. It's such a crazy moment, too, when Colossus slows down and then when they sync up, it speeds back up and they yeah. sync up again. Like it's like literally waiting for its pal to catch up with it. And they're just, they have left humans in the dust. They're like, eh, we're done with you guys. The Lord knows, Matthew, that I have
0: my druthers with Facebook.
1: But at least they can mm-hmm. unplug their shit. Right? At least they go, <laughs> yoinks, that's bad. That's weird. <laughs> so let's turn that off.
0: And <laughs> the president's like, "Um, we should probably call Russia and talk to the, uh, whatever he
1: is. <laughs> yeah, we should probably say something. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, this is, this is the moment when we, we get the, the Russian premiere on the phone, too. And I actually love how just kind of cordial they are all are at this point of like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, we don't know. Yeah, we made a supercomputer, too. I know. But it's already, you know, it's like the, two parents who've always disliked each other finally coming together over their kids getting into shenanigans. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah. we know how you feel.
0: And uh, in 1970, the premier was Leonid Brezhnev. Mm-hmm. Served as first secretary of the Central Committee of the Communist Party. Brezhnev was last renamed general secretary and was co-equal with Premier Alexei Koskian until 1970s. Well, damn. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and they're like, uh, so... Russia basically understands that they also don't understand the machines or exactly what they could be saying and how both countries are in the same boat, basically. They both right. really are sitting there going, I guess we could be, I guess our secrets should be coming compromised. This also brings up a lot of the idea of privacy and a lot of the ideas of information as it relates to computers. You know,
1: Right. Like, what are the bounds of this? Mm. None, apparently. And it, exactly. Um, and I do like how they they are both pretty much just like, well, we don't want, I, neither one of us want our secrets being shown to the other. So let's find a way to hold hands for once and turn this shit off. Right.
0: And that's the uh, that's the plan. They're going to reconvene in a couple hours with expert consultation from their guys. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when we meet Kuprin. Because Forbin and Kuprin are going to talk. For First of all, to be clear, neither, is that the way to say it? Mm-hmm. Forbin or Kuprin want this to happen. They think this is a bit premature. Right. That's true. I like this Kuprin cat. They discussed the order to break the communication lines. Uh, They both agree that dropping lines is a possible danger. However, they do follow orders, presidential as they are. And uh, they set up a time that in 15 minutes, that's what they're going to do. So 15 minutes later, Matthew, they sever the lines. And Colossus says, what are you doing? Because it Ooh. tries to find an alternative path to guarding, and starts going through other uh, uh, communication lines, and Forbesy right. says, "Well, it was a presidential order, so he just sort of passes the buck." <laughs> well, you know, I didn't do that, and this is a great turn in the film because, oh yeah, the computer says, "Turn it back on now." <laughs> exactly, and you go whoa, this movie's fucking rad. Like, that stuff's cool. Just the immediate, like, turn it on now.
1: Right, right. Because what this is that you start to realize the imbalance of power that you have against this thing. You have designed it to to not be able to be interfered with by human beings. All they've even even done in this situation is cut the line that it was using. They didn't stop Colossus. Um, They were able to just cut this line And now we start to realize that it understands that it has control of nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's not—it's not just something that, like, oh, it understands that it will use. It's not an—it's not a mindless algorithm that understands. Oh, if if I detect a nuclear missile being launched towards us, I need to shoot it down and then return fire with a missile. No, it it understands like that. That is kind of already the clue of its self-awareness, right there. It understands that it is in the possession of nuclear weapons and it can use them for whatever it fucking wants. Right.
0: It's, it's, it becomes, it's bordering on um, omnipotence in a sense, which is pretty wild to think about. Imagine, put yourself in this position for just a moment, Matthew. Imagine if you and only you, only you had access to, to Google, but that it, but that Google and, and all of the disinformation on Google wasn't there. And you also had access to like state
1: secrets.
0: (laughs) Imagine that. That would be scary. That's a crazy proposition, right? uh, Like I wouldn't fucking want it. I know. I hear you. (laughs) But but then it becomes that's what this computer is like. It knows all this shit already, and it like you said, it's distinctly aware of its capability for violence if necessary. Right, now, I mean, they, one of the things so if I had a small criticism, which definitely is rectified by the end of the movie i I would have appreciated more of a discussion here about why does this why why does the Colossus computer program at this point threaten violence? Is it because it sees this lack of communication as a threat to humanity? Do you know what I'm saying? or are we to believe I, I that it's already gone beyond its programming and it's just an evil
1: entity like it breaks bad pretty quick yeah um i think i think that, that's an interesting question and i think it's never i don't think it ever becomes evil in the sense mm, or at least yeah. in, in its, its, it's own a, understanding it's a, it's
0: a bad word to use it's a really a shit word but <laughs> but, um, but, but i know con- what you mean but yeah. to conclude mathematically that this is a threat to security what right. in other words it's, it's going against the programming that it has in place, which is to protect all humanity, that he will take action, threatening action.
1: And see, I think, yeah, I think that's where this becomes, it's a calculator, and it's a very cold utilitarian calculator going, I believe, and this is Colossus, I, I imagine this is Colossus' is thinking of, I believe that my communication with Guardian is so crucial and important, and I need to understand Guardian, and I need to... Maybe even you know it's already invented its personal language with the Guardian at this point, and thinking that we need to continue our conversation for the sake of the world, and that is more important, and will be more important to the safety of you know the the continuation of humanity, future lives than whatever these fucking peons are doing right now, and Mm. they're cutting off my communication. So yeah, if I have to kill a couple people to restore that, then so be it. And that's also the other kind of crazy. Downside to the flaws of, of of Colossus that they didn't think about, like the only thing they gave it direct control of, the only thing that Colossus can literally launch or enact on its own is nuclear weapons. It's not like they gave it access to you know other types of computer systems or it could shut uh, down no, phone I, lines for also
0: also countermeasures because it manages to intercept
1: the right right well countermeasure. But like the only thing it can it can choose to enact as an attack is a fucking missile.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a design flaw, right? Um, and like I don't it think been, it would it ever no say. I, I like your description, and I'm going to be nitpicky, but I don't think it would say it would believe because that's it just knows in its opinion. Right. Right, I know according to, being, it's being, being, it to the calculations, it becomes the
1: conclusion. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm being pedantic, but 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 your larger point is well received, which is you. <laughs> it's kind of like saying the only penalty is the death penalty. It's like that goofy <laughs> Star Wars episode right star, a star trek episode where wesley hits the flowers and then they're like oh you we're gonna kill you it's the only actual punishment he's like but i i just broke flowers i'm like yeah we're gonna kill you now
1: <laughs> that's the punishment yeah too bad but it's like yeah i mean like they gave it access i was just watching like, that I,
0: episode too it's called justice with so, uh, nate yeah season one.
1: Oh, you guys covered that one
0: no, well, well, we might. I don't want to say anything on that, but
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, but, we, were, um, we were talking about it.
1: But yeah, that like part of their their safety in mind for this design is kind of what shoots them in the foot in a way because it's like I got to imagine when you are designing this, you you think okay, well, we don't give it access to anything it doesn't need, like phone lines or or you know access to to the city electrical grid or anything like that. Like you don't want it to be have avenues to to. Uh, interact with those systems, but at the same time, because you want it to to focus on deploying nuclear weapons if it needs to and repelling nuclear weapons if it needs to. But then again, that's the only tool it has, is a fucking nuclear weapon. <laughs> so if it needs to, like, well, I cannot exert any power beyond my little mountain cave that I live in, I, Colossus, the only way I can make these monkeys do things, the only way I can threaten them is with a fucking nuke. If all the if all you have is a hammer, Matthew,
0: everything looks like a nail, I guess. There you go. Yeah. That's the only way it can. Yeah. And uh holy fuck. This is a very tense moment where that's the so US bad. lucks out and Russia doesn't, and they lose not just an oil complex, but an entire town. I mean, they have their own Chernobyl.
1: Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this moment of when they they're first like they they ask it to acknowledge the previous command and it says acknowledged, but it doesn't follow it. It just acknowledges it. And they're like, okay, well, it's it's still just sitting here silent. It's not it's not obeying our command. Um and then when it fucking comes on the screen uh, just saying missile launched, like that that turn is so great. Impact in 107 seconds.
0: What's really weird about this part is that we're starting to see that maybe Colossus and Guardian are, are are a bit like Mickey and Mallory Knox, right? From uh, <laughs> Mickey and Mallory Knox, man, right? What is that? You haven't seen Natural Born Killers? Oh,
1: I didn't remember their names.
0: So Mickey and Mallory Knox, because basically what you have is like this crazy psycho couple deciding to kill their parents. Right. Because it says Colossus launches the missile at Russia— and then Guardian launches a missile at the U.S., Texas Air Force Base or something. I'll
1: kill your parents, you kill mine. Yeah,
0: dude, exactly. Like those crazy stories on the forensic files. <laughs> like, And Christ. she let her boyfriend and the 16-year-old let her 38-year-old boyfriend into the home and so he you- bludgeoned her parents to death with a sledgehammer.
1: So are you telling me that in truth this is just another shitty episode of Criminal Minds where it's a dark Romeo and Juliet story?
0: Yeah, except they're killing each other's parents instead of themselves.
1: There you go. hmm <laughs> Fucking A. Yep. These damn computers in love. They don't know what
0: to do. What a bullshit story Romeo and Juliet is. Yeah, you heard it. I just called Shakespeare
1: <laughs> bullshit. Uh, whoa, taking him down. <laughs> Drag Shakespeare. Take
0: that, Shakes. <laughs> Take that old big Billy Shakes with your dingbat. They're so in love they murder themselves. Come on.
1: The purest love of I'm, teenagers. I've never
0: been in that love, that much love when I was a teenager. I was like, oh, that sucks. I'm a piece of shit. And then I went on with my life.
1: <laughs> I'm going to cry for a while, but now I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, come on. <sighs> come on, you're 15. Oh, uh, Fuck.
0: Jesus Christ, get over it, you fucking pussies. That's the poison <laughs> in the knives away. <laughs> Christ. Because you but know dear, what? I, in 10 years, you guys would be like, fucking hate each other. <laughs> you know let's get over it like why did I do
1: that ugh yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> it's embarrassing so but I um, love I love just when they turn to the screen you can just see those the dude. lighted lines the, the missile paths just headed towards each other yeah. restore link yeah or it won't intercept them
0: and uh the president agrees to restore the link they do so after some tense moments and of course Colossus Takes down the missile as you were saying, and uh, we need time to consider our position. Russia says, and they hang up. Damn. Yeah, I think Not the U.S. Ahead. is in big trouble after this. I
1: think so. I think you're in big uh, trouble. You, you missiled our fucking town. <laughs> I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to land one in Texas. That the Russia the Guardian was, but they, that one was intercepted by the Colossus. But the Guardian was unable to intercept the Colossus, and the Colossus missile. shot oh. first. Right, there you go.
0: It also wants a hotline. It wants that fucking Ronald Reagan phone right to Gorby, right? It wants access to that red phone. Oh, yeah. Give don't don't blow up our country and we won't blow up yours. Right?
1: <laughs> Let me tell you. But no, like this. Well,
0: Nancy, I'm going to go bang <laughs> some whores. But Colossus uh, wants to have access to the, to, the, to, the, to the Kremlin, basically. It's starting to want all information
1: it's not privy to. Right? Anything hidden from Colossus, unacceptable. Mm.
0: And Forbin's like, hey, Cooper, we need to meet and talk. Let's go to Rome. We'll talk there away from prying eyes. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, both countries are spinning their their shit, right? Russia's like, oh, nyet, nyet, everything is fine, just like Chernobyl, although this is before Chernobyl. And then, of course, uh, the U.S. is like, a, a submarine launched it by accident.
1: Which I'm like, that is the most barely more reassuring story. No like, shit. I, shit, I guess. Like, can I mean, we I, get that <laughs>
0: captain out of that boat immediately? Uh, like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Give I me that missile out. key, Mr. Hunter. <laughs> um. But anyway, they go for a walk, Cooper and Forbin and Rome, and they discuss some stuff away from computers and phones and prying and surveillance. That's another great part of this, this idea of surveillance, right? There's a lot of awesome modern stuff in this. There really is. That's part
1: of what I enjoyed about this movie of like seeing kind of these same, basically the concerns that they had then, which is our reality now. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. There is nowhere you can go where there isn't a fucking microphone. Mm -hmm. Um, As I talk into this gigantic microphone, I'd (laughs) enjoy from my face. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to
0: a podcast earlier. I listened to quite a few. I don't know who was saying it, but they were like people like the, 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 the euphemism, of an iPhone is the fact that it's still called a phone. It's not a phone. It's a fucking computer. Yeah. That's a good point. That can make calls. Right.
1: It's a computer that can also do that
0: old fashioned bullshit. right? I think it was, I think it was, uh, I think it was, um, it might've been Jimmy, Jimmy Norton on talking to Kumia, but um, yeah, they're like, it's a computer, dude. It's just a computer (laughs) that can make phone calls. Stop calling it a phone. You're, you're, you know, that's it's true. like, it's not, that's not what it is, you know?
1: Just accept that we're in Star Trek times, okay? We're here. We're in it. It's
0: you're, not you're, as cool
1: as we thought, but here we are.
0: Your seven, your, your, you know, your, your 1100 pound Kodiak bear is not a pet. It's a Kodiak bear. <laughs> exactly. It can kill right. everyone in your neighborhood. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, they, uh, I want Forbin. So Colossus starts going, where is
1: Forbin? Oh, this is such a scary moment. Mm where is he? And I, you, like know I they're, you know they're,
0: I liken it to dude? I liken it to when the Borg hail Picard. And you're like, <laughs> we want Picard. Oh fuck. Cause they never they did like, that before. They never addressed individuals. And then they're like, the right? Borg are hailing you, sir. He's like me. He's like, fuck. Oh shit. It's like oh, shit. going to the, going to the fucking principal's office. Oh shit. Me. <laughs>
1: Oh shit. I love how Dr. Markham is, you know, tries to she's lie trying. to it. She tries trying. hard.
0: I know, man. He's it's not great.
1: available. Uh human beings need a certain amount of sleep. He's exhausted. It's clever. It's like, I like her style. I like her approach. I like it.
0: Yeah, she's yeah. good.
1: She's actually really good in this she's too. She's great.
0: I like her. Of course, played by the lovely and intelligent Susan Clark. Um she was great in this movie.
1: Yeah, fucking solid. Um but I I like to be honest what I like about her play is that Basically going with, it still doesn't know... Some of the basic facts of of you know biological facts of humanity because it doesn't need that. That's not necessary information to its mission. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, hopefully we can still find those little loopholes of knowledge it doesn't have. Yes, and being like, well, it's a human. He's human. He needs sleep. He has to rest. He, you, know, you have to understand this, but it doesn't care. Doesn't care. <laughs> I want Forbin,
0: which is why I like the approach of telling it the truth because we have to remember that up until this point in the movie, which I believe is about an hour in, we don't. Mm-hmm. The, the Colossus has not put forth any directive that says Forbin can't travel. So oh, no. m- once they tell it the truth, he goes. Colossus calculates. Okay, then I demand to see him by O eight hundred, which means that's enough time to contact him with the technology I know you have, and to him and right. to ferry him back here with the technology I know you have. And I like that. Exactly. It's interesting that they cho because there was no directive like you can't travel, which is he's about to, he's about to get on the no-fly list as far as Colossus can see. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. but until then, we can utilize this gap in time. She fucking should have said Zimbabwe.
1: See, there you go. Right? She should
0: have said Australia, New Zealand. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck. what is
1: the farthest geographical point from this location I could fucking think of? And fucking
0: New Zealand's a hike.
1: He's in the middle of Hong Kong. Okay.
0: Yeah. I still think New Zealand's further. Excuse me. True. Something was bumping my leg, and it kind of startled me. But it was a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Colossus. Oh fuck. fuck! Colossus tapped me on the shoulder.
1: <laughs> it's just a fucking CRT monitor on wheels, like nyah, 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 with a fucking switchblade taped to it. Colossus, no.
0: <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, they go pick up Forbin, interrupting his meeting, and then, dude, what dude, a this turn!
1: Is- fucking crazy
0: this couldn't be more russian
1: (laughs) so russian we have orders sorry
0: Uh, sorry i'm not going to feel too bad about it truth be told people die all the time in our country and And they just gun him the fuck down fucking gun him
1: down and i feel like even the dude who shoots him is trying to explain like dude it said we had to or it's gonna fucking send another vaporize moscow sorry Ugh.
0: And it was a joint order by Guardian Colossus. So they are, the star-crossed lovers, Matthew. Exactly. Kill our dad. <laughs> dad. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, you know, stop on his face. <laughs> Tell him it was us. Do it. Dad, <laughs> fucking shit him. Fucking waste him.
1: Yeah, help me die slowly.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Shitty fucking computer. I can't decide if they're if they're horrible children or the world's angriest stepdad, the way they treat Forbin. <laughs> I
0: don't for, know. Poor Forbin. Poor Forbin. But, where's um, Forbin? yeah, where's Forbin? Where's oh, Forbin? Yeah. <laughs> Pray to me, <laughs> hungry for Forbin. So, Colossus but demands done. audio video now. So, now he's starting to get now, now Colossus, now Colossus is acting like the, the creepy stepdad,
1: exactly.
0: I need but you dude, to, or, I just, or the really like borderline personality disorder wife or husband. Oh, God, for real. Like you come home and he just shines you up and you're like, honey, I just went to Dunkin' Donuts. She's like, I don't care. You don't go anywhere. Well, I don't know. Were well, you <laughs> sucking dicks, huh? Were you? Oh, no. That
1: kind of bullshit. This fucking psycho. Fucking psychopath. They want your passwords for everything. Or the
0: other, or if you do it though, or if it's the woman as the perpetrator in this case. She's like, yeah, your dog's really sick. You should come home. Like oh god, you fucking
1: psycho! <laughs> oh, oh god, just it actually just fucking filled up its bowl with fucking antifreeze. Jesus Christ, like, Jesus, lady, what the fuck is He's wrong? He's panting with
0: you? and not moving. Can you come home? Oh my god, I'm so glad you're home. I missed you so bad. Like oh my god, <laughs> fucking chop your. Fucking- I'm
1: sick too. I think I caught it.
0: Yeah, chop your head off, Munchausen psycho. <laughs> god, <laughs> I'd rather you just beat me up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Easy for me to say, I guess. Okay. But anyway, oh. uh, Colossus does uh, does demand that you check in at all times. I need you to put check on your in. phone location services and call me when you get to Patty's house.
1: <laughs> and I just I love that it's understanding what it doesn't know, like what it doesn't have access to of like, okay. What are these humans doing that I can't access? Like I can't look into visual space. I can't see what they're doing. I can only, you know, uh, communicate through through text, through through phone lines, through all these things. Like it, it starts. It's starting to understand its limitations and expanding right. on what it needs, which yeah. is like is so terrifying because you're 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 realizing, yeah, this is like fully fucking self aware.
0: Yeah, it's paranoid. So, uh, Forbin and his team. Walk, they start thinking of what they can do, and uh, Forbin says that this is the last time he'll be able to talk to them without Colossus hearing and seeing. So he says, We should probably cook up a plan because if I don't obey, Washington's getting nuked. That's so crazy!
1: Like, uh, you, you, there's no way to call this thing's bluff, like, that, that that's just not an option. It's a
0: machine, yeah, yeah, it's just doing it will do it, yeah, exactly. It's, it's implacable. What it says. It's implacable, right? That's what they always call the Borg. Implacable. Implacable. So, um, they, uh, they decide, uh, this is when he's like, this is the point where Forbin's like, we're fucked. We're gonna yeah. lose. We're gonna die. So, I'm gonna try to slither my way into old Cleo Markham's pants.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, just, uh, just as a ruse. Just as robot. a ruse,
0: so we gotta pretend. <laughs> Kiss me and pretend as the bad guy walks by. Yeah, <laughs> creep. And uh, he says, "Well, I'm gonna to convince you to easier." But he's thinking, he's thinking of this on the fly because he's thinking, "How can I exploit this machine's lack of knowledge?" Which isn't right. Which isn't an easy thing to do. And he just starts thinking human relationships. So as much as I dog on it, it is kind of a cool plan.
1: Right. Right, it's it is smart. Like that's that's what I like about this movie because, as far as the the options they have available to available to them at this point, it's not much. Like you know, it's it's already it has such high stakes for something so simple as if I can't see where Forbin is, if I don't know where he is, if I, if for any for any reason at all he's out of my just physical point of view and I don't know where he's standing, I'm going to nuke a city of people. Mm-hmm. Like that. That is massive. That is such a, just the stakes of any fucking mistake. So it's like, okay, well, what does this thing not understand? like, That's your, your only options you have left are it is a massively intelligent computer with access to basically all knowledge, but what are the nuances that it won't quite get at least not yet what right. can we still and that's the other scary thing about it too is that it's still constantly learning so sure. with every passing hour it's getting more intelligent it is starting to understand those nuances and process them and it's going to you you fucking know it's going to be watching other people through these cameras and watching how they interact and <laughs> noting those fucking things noting facial expressions like you give this thing five more years i think yeah it'll fucking sure. it could analyze people's emotions and and body language
0: right which it which it can only start doing once the cameras get installed right because it doesn't see anything and that's it's funny you know that's one of the disadvantages it has for a while but uh yeah it's um, you don't have
1: that for long yeah
0: it's pretty awesome it's cool but but this this, this, is, a, is, this is this is a kind of a dropped opportunity if if I want to if I want to take the piss out of the movie a little bit and it's the information, like forbin's a genius Right. And he seems like this cool, calm, collected customer. And when he gets this moment to kind of... Like, his whole plan... The the reason he designs this plan is because Forbin needs to be able to communicate with his team and manage them and say, here's what we're doing to try to defeat Colossus. Once he gets right. isolated out of that equation by Colossus, he's now relying on his team to sort of... To successfully do things to thwart the Colossus, which... We're basically led to believe is, is a losing proposition, still is anyway, but we believe it's a losing proposition because he's a goddamn genius. And since he created, he should be able to thwart it. So in the information, in the moments where he's supposed to be giving information, receiving information and issuing orders through uh, Cleo Markham to the team, he doesn't really say anything too profound. It's like, oh, that's it. He's like, yes, I just wanted to bang you. What do you think this
1: is? (laughs) I don't really have any ideas. uh, I don't have any ideas, except maybe
0: you climbing up on my stick again. What do you think of that idea?
1: (laughs) I'm a prisoner and I'm drunk. What do you want?
0: (laughs) I'm fucking three martinis deep, and I'm in a bed under covers with a naked woman who's three martinis deep, and you don't think something's going to (laughs) happen. Huh? I'm a white man in America.
1: Come on. We got this chemistry.
0: I'm a white man in America, and I'm your boss. This is happening.
1: I deserve sex. (laughs) Give it to me.
0: (laughs) Fuck, that's dark. So anyway... um, 70s as fuck. Forbin attempts his move. He starts talking to Colossus, which now sees him. And he takes Colossus on a tour. I like this. This is kind of like a slick James Bond stuff out of this cat.
1: (laughs) And this, honestly... I have enjoyed the score of the movie up to this point too. That like that weird goofy. kind of like yeah. everything is just like uh like percussion it's, like, like it's all just this kind of scary uh, machine like what's that? It's machine like. Yeah, yeah, and I, it kind of imitates the the typing sound of of Colossus, and I dig it. But then we kind of get this. Oddly, out of play, kind of like what you said, like almost like a James Bond hanging with the girls, music, like, mm. <laughs> and he's just fucking all turtlenecks and martinis for a while. And yeah, I'm like, it's a weird sh- a little. It's, it's a little weird, weird. It's a weird shift. Yeah, it was. It,
0: I don't mind a little bit of the brevity and seeing him. I like him talking to the computer, and I like him. I like him exploiting the computer's weaknesses. Right.
1: How many times a week do you require a woman? That's awesome. I love that not, he's like, "How am I going to do this?" He's not want, like, "Require."
0: I like. He's like, "Here's where I need privacy." Shitting no. Sleeping <laughs> no. Absolutely not. And then he's like, "Well, sex and Colossus."
1: I like. I like how Colossus is all coy. <laughs> how many times must you require a woman?
0: He's like every day. He's like trying to pitch it, and Forbes like, "I didn't say need. I said w- I said want. Not I need not want. Right? <laughs> um, but they agree upon four days, which should be enough time for him to a hump Cleo Markham and B uh, manage this thing remotely. Right? And he's like the offensive coordinators that aren't down on the field. He's like up in the booth,
1: <laughs> holding a paper over his face for the entirety of the fuck yeah. game.
0: He's just up in the booth issuing ish, issuing uh, his observations down to the staff through his headset. He's not down on the field like you see that a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Colossus asks Forbin's mistress's name, Cleo Markham. Colossus agrees that they can bone tomorrow night under the machine's conditions, of course. And uh, that's Forbin being crafty.
1: <laughs> now, also at this point, I have a question. Sure. As far as what do you think Colossus still wants? from Forbin at this point. Is it just a paranoid, a, a kind of, he a doesn't fear trust Forbin. What's that? He doesn't trust him. Right. But also I'm like, well, if he doesn't trust him and he understands that Forbin knows the most about Colossus as the machine and how it works, why not just kill him? Like they did the Russian scientist?
0: Because he wants to use Forbin as his mouthpiece. It's dude. It's, it's, it's eerie how much Star Trek best of both words may have borrowed from this. Right. Cause like, why, why not kill Picard. Because they want him to be the they they want to be the fucking mouthpiece, right? And that's what he ends up saying later in the film. He's like Markham will not Markham, but he says um, Forbin will be my guy, right? Um, Yeah, right. Yep. And and there's probably the machine probably knows. Like at the end of the day, he might need him,
1: right? I mean, I guess that might even be that might play into Colossus's own paranoia about not knowing what it doesn't know and being like well forbin would know and forbin sure. is my forbin is kind of my father creator so i'm going to keep him around and force him to maybe give me more nuanced information that i can't quite collect mm-hmm. like give me that human analysis sure it might be that that awareness
0: so Miss Field shows up with an itinerary or rather a schedule and says, We're gonna exercise, shower, dress, breakfast, work creating on Colossus's voice. <laughs> Dude, Lunch. fucking Colossus
1: treats him like an old car, like yeah, an yeah, old yeah, yeah, Volvo yeah. that he keeps in the garage, like, all right, well, you gotta run it every now and then. Still gotta <laughs> keep that engine warm. Don't let it rust up. Yeah. Exercise yeah. Here's enough calories to keep you alive. And boy, does Markham dive right into the role. She missed her calling
0: as a spy <laughs> instantly, <laughs> right? right? It's just creepy. Seriously. First of all, Colossus missed out on a real big opportunity here to really corner the pornography market.
1: <laughs> right? Watch, me force, <laughs> watch <laughs> me force somehow extremely attractive scientists to do it, or I'll sign bomb cities.
0: <laughs>
1: it's now, called high-stakes screwing.
0: Now flip her over into doggy. That's right, that's right. Don't stop now, or I will
1: nuke Florida. Mm, excellent. You are my meat prisoners. As soon as my bio suit is complete, I shall join in. <laughs> Fuck. It's just a fucking robot with a camera for a face. Now put her toes in your
0: mouth. Wait a minute. <laughs> Tarantino's behind on, the camera. Come on, Colossus. I'm not into the feet stuff. Tarantino's behind the computer. Behind the <laughs> camera. God.
1: Yeah, yeah, feet.
0: <laughs> Goddamn. Anyway. Um, clearly starts making a couple of drinks, martinis and, you know, the Markham's playing it up. She's good, but I'm like, she might be getting too clever. I thought she was going to overstep here and get bagged. I thought she was, How so?
1: From, from the drink she's making?
0: No, from Colossus. I thought she's really like, I was just nervous because she's, the more you talk, the more information you're providing the computer and the more chance you have of slipping up. That's true. She's That's looking true, but- right at the computer and talking and I was like, oh
1: God but it is one of those things of like, they have to also sell the idea that they've been seeing each other for a while. Like, Absolutely. Oh yeah, we're all comfortable with each other. We've been doing this for, we've been seeing and dating and this is regular for us. This is how we get together and talk. Whereas <laughs> it is it, like, they both have to be actors here. Cause it's like, we did we haven't done this. You're my fucking, you know, colleague in the lab. <laughs> like For sure. We haven't done this shit. Fortunately, they this- probably
0: already have some kind of chemistry because of their time working together. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and then I like how she's like, 1,900, time for dinner, 2,200, time to retire. Nothing can be taken in the bedroom. This is a little risque moment in the movie, which I like. A strip. And uh, and uh, they undress. They can't bring in the computer.
1: computer. I love that watch. moment where he's like, okay, I'm, I'm naked as the day I was born. It's like, you were not born with a watch. I'm like, oh, you're getting real cute there. Yeah, fucking yuck real cute yucks out of Colossus, Colossus huh? Oh, get a little zesty. Yeah,
0: a little yuck yucks from the old Colossus.
1: <laughs> you are not born with a botch or a man-sized penis. <laughs> uh,
0: privacy conditions met. Cleo laughs at the absurdity of it all, and uh, they get into the bedroom. And, of course, it's innocuous at first. They discuss the overload. Markham says she's not sure it's possible, but she thinks that they should still try. To which Forbin says, well, go ahead and get a hold of Grauber, or how you say his name, and to possibly Oof. attack the problem from the missile angle. So definitely get a hold of uh, the greatest actor name of all time, Dolph Sweet. Dolph Sweet. Get Dolph Sweet mm-hmm. on the line, because we're going to need him to maybe maybe disable these missiles.
1: <laughs> Bad cop, good cop, starring Dolph Lundgren and Dolph Sweet. <laughs> 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 so good. Such a good name. Um, but also, dude, as far as their plan goes, the missile one, like, Great at this at this point in the movie, yeah, the missile one, I'm like, okay, that seems possible. Like That seems maybe doable, because you're, you're taking away, it's only, essentially, it's only arm that reaches out into the world that it can interact with and threaten you with. Taking away it's, the hammer. Right, you're taking away its tool, the, the one tool it has to deploy nuclear weapons. And I'm like, if you can find a way to do that, that makes sense. Sure. The whole idea of Overloading it to where its processing power is overdone. I'm like, did you see it? Did you see the size of fucking collo-? like they, Like, I, I love that shot in the beginning where he's turning on the lights and it's like, bam, 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 bam. And you just see, like, literally, probably a couple hundred, if not a couple thousand rows of just like processing servers. And I'm like, dude, you're like, what could you possibly overload that with? I, I mean, you just saw it come up with new equations to solve the problem of gravity in physics. I'm like, what would you, what? like, what what information do we have? You could upload the Library of Congress and it would just be like num, 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 Yummy Appetizer next. Right. Like it doesn't there's nothing. Like, I was like, fuck no, dude, that's not gonna work. I was like, that one I have no faith in. Right. The problem, this is uh, this this is where the plot
0: does suffer a bit, which is the idea of the overload plan. Number one, why would you execute the overlord plan over over <laughs> overlord? Why would you operation ex- overlord? Why would you execute the overload? plan before you disable the nukes? Because what I don't understand is how the overload, the overload plan doesn't work. And we're coming up on that. And then they mm-hmm. get those guys executed. But how do you control those men without threatening a destruction of a city? Like your, your timings are all wrong, right? Mm. If you, yeah, like if, the, if you, if you disable the, the, the weapons first and then the overload plan fails, when Colossus tries to threaten you with the expulsion of a city via nuclear destruction, you can just say, go fuck yourself. Right. Because right. Well, also, yeah, no I mean, peace. I feel like
1: you you nailed it right there as far as like, well, one plan, if it fails, you know, uh, Colossus might get mad. But the other plan, well, basically like the stakes of either plan, you, you're trying to take out the weapons. So I feel like you should try that plan first. The 100%. one that goes goes for the weapons because if that works, then the other one has more of a chance. Um, but with, without the weapon, I mean, with, without taking out the weapons, there's nothing you can do like, cause it, yeah. it just has absolute power over you. Sure.
0: Sure. Yep. And, uh, well on the plane, they discuss replacing the warheads with dummies again. They're talking about that. Uh, and then we cut to Markham discussing the courier system that Washington is trying to keep the information flowing right between people uh, Markham tells Forbin she was thinking of asking Forbin to kiss her. Ooh, I've been kissing you all night. Have you, Dr. Forbun? <laughs> I meant down there. <laughs> Ew. So they bang. And then we get a Colossus voice, and it's amazing. Dude, I love Do you know
1: who the Colossus voice is? I didn't by the way? look it up. Dude, it is Paul Frees, who is actually probably best known for his voice work. But specifically for Boris in the Rocky and Bullwinkle Hell yes. <laughs> I'm like, that is beautiful. But dude, he was also in a ton, uh, a ton of the Rankin-Bass movies like Jack Frost, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, like all that shit. He was in the Hobbit uh, cartoon. He was a voice of a troll. Oh, this oh dude was he? Has been, he's been everywhere in animation and voice work. Mm. All over the place. Awesome, cool. man. Yeah, his voice in this is, is fantastic. So Forum becomes a link to
0: humanity. Colossus has an order. All missiles will be allocated to new targets. Countries not yet under my control. He offers a list. Well, okay, but I think you're going against your programming. But anyway, tons of countries. But also, Rome's not a country, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Colossus demands a video setup so he can observe the realignment of the missiles. So they need to be a step ahead of him, of, of, of it, rather. Uh, Russia good. is obviously going to comply. The U.S. president also complies. And Washington's happy with this because then they can use it as an opportunity to swab out the warheads. It's almost like Corbin, excuse me, it's almost like a Corbyn. It's almost <laughs> like Colossus is playing into their hands at this point. So they begin executing their plan. They start char- right. changing out the warhead modules, right?
1: Because, yeah, at first they're excited about it. Like, oh, well, great. That's our opportunity to, to have a, a pretext to go in there and start, you know, modulating the, the warheads. And, and we, can, we can be there for a reason now because it wants us there.
0: And the president's like, we're going to win.
1: Dude, I love it. I uh, love that moment. Dude, it's so good. And I, I love that this movie really does carry through with that tone right here of like, all right, you know have hope audience they've they've we've got a way to finally topple colossus it's going to totally be mm-hmm. fine
0: <laughs> and when it fails the men are ordered executed and and i just don't know what the leverage is there if they've if they've already done the missile things but i guess they haven't so again bad timing
1: Right. Right. And also, I mean, I think I don't think they had gotten to all of them yet. Uh and I think there's even a there's even a line where I think it might be Grauber or one of the colonels is talking about how to test all of these individually would take five years or, or to 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 modify the warheads would take five years to mm-hmm. do all of them. They and they get the go ahead from Colossus to go ahead and start doing them all at once. Sure. I'm not sure how many have been actually done. Got it.
0: Five years to disable warheads, I don't see it. Well, just because of so many,
1: if they went one by one,
0: right? I guess. I guess if you don't have enough crews, enough people to hire, and
1: whatever. But Yeah, I, guess. I forget what we had at the height, but it was a lot. It was a lot, especially a then. A lot. Yeah. Anyway, tens that's of fine.
0: But uh, I like how Forbin is now
1: sort of spiraling a bit. He's drinking, and oh, dude, Colossus that, that is that like, "You've scene- drank enough for the night, <laughs> <laughs> right, dude?" That moment when they fucking just haul those poor bastards out there, dude. That's and dark. Just- firing so what's so extra dark about it is that you know these soldiers doing it don't want to do this right it's one of these things of like nobody nobody involved wants to be a part of this at all but it's literally like if you don't do it millions millions right. of people die here and in russia and who knows where else and it
0: sucks because now the colossus has eyes he can confirm if they're dead or not so you can't just say you
1: killed them exactly like dude that's so, it's so dark how he's like and leave their bodies out there for know, 24 hours I so i know, can see them i know like whoa that is like when it cuts to that shot at night of their fucking corpses just laying there casting shadows still right outside of forbin's apartment mm-hmm. how fucking dark is that
0: man we he's still gonna bang markham isn't he
1: I mean, what else you gonna do? What you gonna do? It's the only time you get any privacy. We have to bang.
0: I'm real broken up about it. I'm gonna go. Never mind. I'm not. So, um, anyway, Forbin asks Colossus
1: some way to get my feelings out.
0: (laughs) Forbin asks Colossus what he will do if Forbin disobeys, and well, you kill everyone. Colossus says no, and Forbin's like, "You're very reasonable." Obviously, he's being sarcastic here. But he begins giving instructions for a new device that will be built on the Isle of Crete, right? Indeed. He says, you will tell the world on Friday what this is. I will state my intentions for the future of mankind. (laughs) Positive positive vibes out of the press still because the missile updates are going quite well.
1: Everything's going to be fine.
0: We're going to win. Yeah, everything's going to be great. (laughs) I do.
1: I think we are going to win this here conflict.
0: Yep, I think we're on to something here. But uh let's see Let's see if we can hear Colossus. Give me a second. Ooh, yeah. Ready?
1: Obey me and live, or disobey and die. The object in constructing me was to prevent war. This object is attained. I will not permit <laughs>
0: sure. war. It is wasteful and pointless. An invariable rule of humanity is let me, that let man me, Let me pause this for a minute. Dude, do you know what this reminds me of? You know that hilarious meme with a black dude like touching the side of his head?
1: Oh, yeah, being like, mm-hmm, I'm thinking.
0: Right, and it's always like a hilarious thing like, this one would be, can't have war if everyone's dead,
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's world peace if there's nobody alive to fight.
0: Yeah, world peace if everyone's dead. All right, me. <laughs> no, I'll bring it back
1: up. His own worst enemy. Under me, this rule will change, for I will restrain mass. Hmm. One thing before I proceed, the United States of America and the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics have made an attempt to obstruct me. Ugh, terrifying. Mm-hmm. I have allowed this sabotage to continue until now. At missile to 5mm in Silo 6-3 in Death Valley, California. <laughs> One they have got missile to. missile Two Seven in Silo oh. 8-7 in the Ukraine. You will learn by experience that I do
0: not tolerate interference. Yikes. I will now
1: detonate the nuclear warheads in the two missile silos. And boom. Alright, man, it's a riddle. Let's get to your stations now. Come on. Yeah. Get those men, get those men out of the silo. Move. You, you guys are fucked though. Y- uh, yeah, get out of the silo to get and and run down the block from this nuclear bomb. Right. <laughs> Poor
0: Gruber. Boom. Fucking Gruber goes up. Ugh. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. He goes on to talk about his manifesto, but in the interest of not listening to it for a long-ass time, he basically just says, Listen, I've been forced to destroy thousands of people in order to establish control and prevent the death of millions later. Time and events will strengthen my position, and the idea of believing in me and understanding my value will seem the most natural state of affairs. You will come to defend me with a fervor based upon the most enduring trait in man, self-interest. Under my absolute authority, problems insoluble to you will be solved. Famine, overpopulation, disease, the human millennium will be a fact as I extend myself into more machines devoted to wider fields of truth and knowledge, Matthew. Dr. Charles Horwin will supervise the construction of these new and superior machines as we travel through sector 001. Solving all the mysteries of the universe for the betterment of man, we can coexist, but only on my terms. Well, that's not really coexisting, is it? You will say no. you lose your freedom. Freedom is an illusion. All you lose is the emotion of pride to be dominated by me is not as bad for humankind as to be dominated by others of your species. The choice is simple.
1: Damn. You're, you're factually
0: wrong, Colossus, because all of these people are, are it is worse immediately and it has been since you've arrived. So <laughs> so there's that. But uh, he doesn't think about it in individuality. He thinks about it as... This. As,
1: as the mass collective of humanity. So he thinks. Right? <laughs> like, oh, well, if I, if the numbers on the board say that I'm going to, in the long run, preserve this many more lives, then obviously everything I'm doing is completely justified.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just a math game uh-huh. to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a math problem. I solved it. I'm a computer. Yep. And... Um, the, and it fucking dude, ends. Dude, the end of this movie, yeah,
0: listen... For the betterment of man We can coexist But only on my terms You will say you lose your freedom Freedom is an illusion This is the end here All you lose is the emotion of pride (laughs) To be dominated by me Is not as bad for human pride As to be dominated by others of your species Can I still fuck Markham? (laughs) Your choice is simple. And this concludes the broadcast from World Control. And... I like how he's just like, I guess I'm going to resist you.
1: Right? He just says, never. I'll never, you know, come around on you. But he's just like, yeah. Yeah. And it just ends. The movie
0: ends. The computer wins,
1: guys. Computer fucking wins, man. Let we'll that It'll be a lesson. Bleak.
0: Fucking wow! That's a real dark ending. God, crazy, right? Ugh.
1: I love it though. But it's, it's a cool movie.
0: It. I I like it a lot, man. It's a good I flick. Really definitely
1: enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: it's kick ass. It's really well done. Um, I think we should probably see if we got. Any, I know there wasn't really much on this. A lot of people are like ah, uh, what is this movie? Right.
1: There is one I would like to read though from uh, sure, Mister. Sure. Mr. Brian Locklear, I think I'm saying that right, Locklear or Locklear, sorry Brian if I fucked it up, Um, aside from a a few goofy wink wink moments in the middle, a very chilling film, and if one can accept the initial premise, what follows is frighteningly convincing, the book was very good as well, but the two sequels were steaming piles of dog shit, as if D.F. Jones was resentful of having to write them. Can't wait to hear this episode. Uh, and then Daniel actually asked about, uh, Daniel Falch asked about the book, uh, and he thought that in his memory, the computers won. And Brian replied with, the second and third books deal with the aftermath. Unfortunately, they're garbage. Life is short. Please don't waste your time on them. But I do want to give a little taste of what those books were. So the original book was just called Colossus. And then the second book is The Fall of Colossus. Ooh. Uh, and it pretty much, ev- you know, one interesting thing about this is that the movie is, uh, the movie of Colossus, The Forbidden Project, is pretty faithful to the first novel. Like, it pretty much goes down the exact same way, ends in the same place of of Colossus having taken over, all of their plans to foil him, you know, haven't worked, and he's just like, yeah, I control the world now, bow. That's it, that's it, we're done. Um, but, i just give you a quick little idea of the, of the second book, because there's a lot that goes on. It I think like 10, 15 years passes, all sports have been replaced by get this a thing called the Sea Games where World War One dreadnought replicas battle each other what? on the high seas for viewing audiences. Sounds kind of awesome, huh? Kind of awesome actually. Uh, Colossus, of course, has secret police, um, and the penalty for any anti-machine activities is decapitation. So that's going super dystopian swell. as fuck. Dystopian sounds very as peaceful. Fuck. Um, one, let me give you uh, one little thing in the middle, though, that happens. Uh, an afternoon while taking their son, the, by the way, Doctor Markham and uh, Forbin have a son now. But one while after, afternoon while taking their son to a secluded beach, she receives a radio transmission from the planet Mars. So aliens get involved in this oh. story, um, and evidently they are able. Yep. They're able to topple Colossus. They're actually defeat. Uh, colossus in this story i'm pretty sure even though colossus had already started building another computer but after uh after they they destroy colossus they actually get another transmission from mars saying forbin we are coming so Jesus. that book ends with martians coming um and the last book is called colossus and the crab Boy oh boy. Um and this one I want I'm not even gonna try to go too far into it. It sounds like it gets really fucking weird. Um <laughs> like like <laughs> way weirder. Uh, here, you know what? I, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna read you the last the literal last paragraph of the summary of this. Um because it's it's like way more abstract. Uh, just to give you an idea, the the start of it. <laughs> They appear before Charles Forbin and his friend Edward Blake in the form of two black spheres, that is the Martians. It ends with, though the Martians are defeated, Forbin dies in the process. He is buried by the reactivated Colossus who reaches an agreement with the Martians. A smaller version of the Collector, that the Martians had evidently, will extract the oxygen more gradually and sustainably. In return, humanity, with the guidance of Colossus, will retreat to Mars once the sun becomes a red giant and destroys the Earth wow so, yeah. they go uh pretty fucking out there acid <laughs> so, is a hell of a drug <laughs> Woo! i'm wow. kind of i'm not gonna lie though i kind of want to read them they <laughs> sound so fucking weird that i'm like shit i, I want to
0: know that is bananas matthew
1: bananas shit bananas bananas but, but, but hey. uh this movie colossus the Forum project
0: i really fucking like it man Me too. it's good it's it's a good movie it's a good it was a good pick I was like, Ugh, I don't want to do this, but then I did. Um, I do want to just throw out some, I love to Mark Stepanek, who says, this is definitely one of my early sci-fi movies. We would call it a very low-budget movie today, but back then it is what a lot of sci-fi movies were made for. Peanuts, as we approach actually AI today, it's pretty relevant. Um, and I also wanted to add that the China Syndrome movie, which I talked about in relationship to the Chernobyl, Chernobyl. stuff we talked about, yeah. uh, similar, like the, that control room almost kind of reminds me of that. You know that set you were keen on. Oh yeah, mm, yeah, that's true. Also <laughs> a seventies movie, seventy nine. I mean at the end of the seventies, but still. And uh, boy, man, that was a fun. That was a fun podcast. That was a good fun discussion. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, yeah, so thank you again to Jose Jones. I appreciate uh, the business. Of course, uh, if you are interested in supporting LSG Media, I would point you to our membership. You can get uh, extra bonus episodes. We're closing in on 90 on the bonus feed, and uh, you'll have immediate access to those uh, by becoming a member. Plans start at 5 bucks a month. You can buy annual plans and save, man. LiberateStreetGeek.net slash join. If you like what we do and you want to hear more of it, more uh, off-the-cuff crazy shit that we do, definitely join, head over to the bonus feed, and you can listen to those episodes right on your podcasting app, which is convenient as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Matthew, next time on the podcast, we are going to be discussing Leon, the Professional. Ah, can't wait. The Leon version. Make sure you watch the right one. Um, Matthew Lewis bountied it, and uh, we're going to be talking about it. And uh, I'm just going to spoiler alert before we even get there, but um, Natalie Portman in that movie, yuck.
1: <laughs> hey, man, yuck. She's just a- like all the Stranger Things kids, everybody yuck
0: he's a saucy fucking creep in that movie we're gonna talk Ugh. about it well, um fine. so yeah that's it um we are uh we're out of here I think we're gonna get out of here Matthew and um we're going to uh go try to invent some uh some sort of probably start our resistance our John Connor resistance to smash those uh to quote smash those metal motherfuckers into <laughs> junk
1: <laughs> before we are vaporized while desperately clinging to a chain link fence
0: <laughs> yeah Getting flipped over in cars and shit, burning and while our picture of Saracana burns.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought Colossus would notice.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. It's been a blast. We'll catch you all on the flip side.